enter the temple, and a guard tells you it'll be 18 gold pieces to pass. You pay the toll and enter into the cathedral. It's a dark room, dimly lit. And along one wall, you see it burst into a bright white light as the Dungeons and Dragons movie starts. Welcome to Strikes Our Fancy, the show where we talk about just that, whatever strikes our fancy on a given day. I'm one of your hosts, Rob the Rakshasa, and with me, as always, I have Lich in training, Caleb. I am woefully underprepared, Craig. I feel like you're woeful a lot of times. Yeah, <laughs> just just kind of my state of being, I think. Yeah. You were offered to come with us. I was too busy editing the last episode to come to come with. Otherwise, I absolutely would have. All those responsibilities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about the uh, recently released, as of the time we're recording this, but probably not so much when it goes live. <laughs> a week. Uh, it's going to go out in a week. Yeah. Yeah. The somewhat recently released Dungeons & Dragons movie, Honor Among Thieves. If you hadn't gleaned from the, the backstory, so these two guys went and saw it, and I was going to try and get to it before we did a review episode, but... Um, didn't get around to it. Didn't have time. So life. I, I will. I will have to uh, lean on you guys to to tell me whether or not this movie's worth my time, uh, or, or our listeners' time. I will tell you, it is coming up throughout this podcast. I'll let you know. <laughs> it definitely is a movie I've seen. <laughs> it was an enjoyable ride. I I think we've entered an era of storytelling uh, or of cinema, at least mm-hmm. that is. If not, well, definitely not super substantial, but a a good ride, a good fun hour and 40 minutes or however long it was. It was about hour 40, hour 50, yeah. but like, I'm just happy it wasn't over two hours. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I'm tired it was, of- It was over, a good amount of movie? It was a good yeah. amount of movie. Like, I'm tired of movies being like two, two hours, 30, three hours. And it still felt like an epic story. Yeah? Yeah. 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 Okay. It uh, felt like they played this campaign and they're like, let's mm-hmm. film it. <laughs> Although, quick question, Rob: Was Chris Pine a bard? He had a loot, but I don't think that he was, was a bard. bothering me the whole time. <laughs> it kind of comes off as he's just a guy that's <laughs> that has like he has no um, no character sheet, which <laughs> is kind of near and dear to Craig's heart. <laughs> <laughs> just a normal normalson. Yeah, yep. but but he did he do heroic and or magical things like he he did spec into something no not really no um every anytime a fight broke out he would occasionally bash someone over the head with a sword that he picked up or he'd hit someone with his loot or mandolin Mm. but that was it there is a question in my mind about if he was giving out bardic inspiration Mm. Because there were a couple of times throughout the movie where someone was feeling down or like just wasn't they weren't in the in the campaign anymore. And he would come along and sing a song or give them a speech. Oh, yeah. And suddenly, okay, I guess we can go. Mm. Hmm. But other than that, he didn't really do anything. There was no vicious mockery. That's what I was waiting for. I was was hoping for some of that. (laughs) (laughs) There were no songs of glory. He's just a guy. Huh. And like they're. All the other characters are clearly defined. Uh, mm-hmm. Michelle Rodriguez is a barbarian. Justice Smith is a sorcerer. The chick from It, I forget her name, <laughs> is a druid. And there's a there's an ac- actual paladin. Mm-hmm. But like they never really definitively state what uh, Chris Pine's character is. I think that was deliberate. Like, oh, is, and then the thief rogue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is that deliberate in like typical video game trope? Like, leave the main character a blank slate so you can insert yourself or is it more like this is a player in the universe and like they can do anything they want because the power of imagination (laughs) i think it was just it's just kind of hard to do a bard without it coming across cheesy in, in film yeah i just always assumed that like bards had magic like well i mean yeah they kind of do but but like a tangible, yeah, ma- it, like yeah. like a like a spell caster, right? Like a tangible magic, even though it's not maybe explicitly talked about. But mm. then, like your mm. bard has some deity or sure, yeah. otherworldly source of. And, and again, it's possible he was casting some cantrips or low level spells throughout the movie. Yeah, but 
at such a low level that it could have just been things that happened. Yeah. Gotcha. And maybe it is supposed to be open to interpretation. Like, maybe. Which I don't agree with. But uh, I had read somewhere that he fits the the character, whatever, of like a paladin oath breaker. Because he did break his oath to, to that hmm. particular group he was in. As I suppose, dear listener, there is going to be spoilers. So, oh yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, listen warily. I don't. I don't feel like that at all. Because a a paladin is in shining armor. He's got a big weapon. Chris Pine's a guy with a loot. <laughs> but he was like that, though. Like, wasn't he? Like in the group, really. he, he was kind of a fighter. I'm, I don't think so. I think at the beginning, of, even in the beginning, if anything, he was more like a rogue. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's how I feel like the trailers portray him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that he's going to be your your sneaky thief because it, mm-hmm. it's set up. It, at least it very much looks like a heist movie. It is. Yeah, yeah. it definitely is. So I, I just assumed he was a rogue based yeah. on the, the promotional materials. Mm-hmm. Which uh, would make more sense, actually, that he'd be a rogue and not have any magic. He just and, multiclassed. And also, yeah. like... Who we can have a loot. <laughs> he does get in a sneak attack. When? Uh when they're taken out to be executed after visiting Forge. Yeah. And the barbarian does all the fighting. Oh yeah. And yeah. there's just one guy left and he comes behind him with, <laughs> with something he picked up yeah, and yeah. smashes him on the back huh. of the head. I, I'm sure there's some more studious podcasters out there than us that have broken down the movie and made character sheets based on the abilities you see people the, do in the movie, movie company released character sheets. Oh, did they really? Yeah. Well, what? Okay. So what's Chris Pine? Yeah, why are I we, what's his, why are we theory crafting, Caleb? <laughs> Cause right. pause the recording. Yeah. Look it up. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. Just let me chime in here. There's a definitive answer to your question. I'm not going to tell you. I just want to have fun with my friends in theory craft. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Should we go through like a uh, oh. do 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 do? What was that? Do you guys hear that? <laughs> yeah. Are you full of shit or are you whiz? It's time to find out in Craig's Quiz. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Craig's Quiz, a podcast within a podcast. By the way, I'm totally ripping off this bit from uh, my brother, my brother, and me. However. Is there uh, any bit that hasn't been ripped yeah, off? I'm yet? sure. <laughs> but in today's Craig's Quiz, I realized that having not seen the movie, but you guys have, I am giving up my guise of an omnipotent being in our podcast world that I don't know everything. And so I'm going to be reliant on you guys today to really tell me about this movie and, and give me your expert opinions. But it occurred to me that if I'm going to be relying on you guys, I should really test your knowledge before I just take everything you say at face value. Okay. All right. So on today's Craig's quiz, it's Dungeon or Dragon. (laughs) (laughs) I will be giving each of you two names, and you have to tell me which is the dungeon and which is the dragon. Uh, I can use my phone, right? No. No, no, no. No no calling a friend. No (laughs) landline. Okay. No no, no lifelines. All right. You guys ready? Let's go. Do it. Dungeon or Dragon. First up is Izmir and Profion. Izmir is a dungeon. Uh, can Caleb? I agree with him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah you okay. can agree or disagree, but yeah, I want an answer from each of you. So Izmir, Izmir does sound like a place. Profion. Profion does sound like a dragon. Okay. Well, Izmir is technically a place, but it isn't essentially, it's not a dungeon. It is the empire in Mistania that is the setting of the first 2000 Dungeons and Dragons movie. Craig, if you're going to ask us, <laughs> exactly. is it a dungeon or a dragon? And it's not a dungeon or a dragon. Your quiz is already flawed. <laughs> Fuck it this it could be. It could be. <laughs> Profion is the evil wizard played by Jeremy Irons. Ooh. So I'll give that point to you guys. I'll, gi- I'll give you that for a dungeon. Okay. It's, it's, okay. It is the setting. Okay. But the rest of the questions, the answer better be dungeon or dragon. <laughs> All right. Next next up, we have Sargasso and Faluzur. Faluzur is a dragon. dragon. <laughs> you guys, do you guys know this from something? Like you guys, it just feels like a dragon. That's a that. dragon name. That's one hundred. Right. <laughs> Not to be racist against dragons. <laughs> that's a dragon name. Well, 
Feluzur is the dragon god that is the titular dragon god from Dungeons and Dragons, Wrath of the Dragon God, the straight to sci-fi original series <laughs> channel sequel to the Dungeons and Dragons movie in 2005. Oh my God. No wonder we hadn't heard of that. Exactly. <laughs> Sargasso is the mountain in which Feluzur is slumbering. Was not a dungeon. Eh, it's a dungeon. It's the caves in which... Yeah, are the mines of Moria a dungeon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sargasso. <laughs> All right. Next up, we have Karkoth and Nagural. Karkoth Nagural. is a dungeon. Nagural is Nagural. Oh, I can't even say that. Is a dragon. I was, I was going to agree. Yep. All right. Well, not to get a bunch of flack from Rob, but this was another trick question. Neither are a dungeon or a dragon. <laughs> okay. Because it goes to show your your knowledge. Because if you've been <laughs> paying attention to the theme. These names are from the third Dungeons and Dragons, the straight to DVD release Book of Vile Darkness in 2012. <laughs> Nobody's even heard of that. <laughs> Nargul is the evil wizard that literally transforms into the Book of Vile Darkness. Oh, God. And Karkoth, Karkoth is the kingdom beset by evil because this book is in its land. So, again, a setting, not necessarily a dungeon. Okay, Why well, did you give us the, specific the, rules? The sewers of Karkoth are a dungeon. Exactly, exactly. That doesn't count. Um, I'm waiting for the answer where it's both a dungeon and a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was, yeah, was going to bring All it right. up. Lord Jabu situation. <laughs> Last one. I think we're we're at one point. Yeah. One, one point um, for getting it right. I think I have all of right on a technicality. <laughs> all right. Here's, here's the real kicker. Final question. Dungeon or dragon? And the names are Thembercloud and Grakstug. They're both dragons. Thembercloud definitely sounds like an elf. They're both dragons. All right. Caleb says they're both dragons, and you say Thembercloud's an elf. Thembercloud. Thember Themberchowd. Themberchowd. Chowd. It's a CH. Sorry. Okay. Themberchowd. Um Themberchowd and Grakstug. Them hmm. Those are toughies. I don't Wait, know. No. Themberchowd's a dragon. Grakstug is a place. It's a it's a it's in the underdark. Caleb. Coming in clutch at the end. <laughs> this is the dragon and the dungeon from the 2023 movie Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. Themberclad <laughs> is the fat red dragon and Grakstug is the underdark city, port city. Congratulations. I think Caleb, you win. I didn't know that from the movie. I knew that from the module Out of the Abyss because I've read that back to front like twice. So, But here's um, the thing. I should have... Was literally I looked up that name, Emberchowd, <laughs> uh, just today when we were talking about doing this, and I just completely forgot. <laughs> That's again got, had to test your credibility. So, yeah. gotta say, Rob, Caleb's gonna have a little more sway in this conversation sure. now. <laughs> Let him. <laughs> but this concludes today's Craig's quiz. Where's our outro? <laughs> uh, you don't get one. Okay. Just just, just seamlessly in, right back into the. Routine. You should. How just... much uh, how much XP do I get for that quiz? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> None, because you failed. Oh, okay. <laughs> Milestones. On that note, there were some uh, inconsistencies with the movie, some things that made it completely unrealistic for me. Oh, and in, one, in the world of magic and <laughs> dragons, yes, yeah, and absolutely. Dragons. Okay, and one of them was that at no point in in that movie did anybody ask how much XP they were getting. <laughs> <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah, well, so that's I I kind of hinted at it before that Chris Pine might have been like your player stand-in because you mm -hmm. can kind of do a bunch of different stuff. Was there any element like what they've done in the previous movies where, oh, yes, these are characters being played by someone? Or was this movie completely in Faerun? It was in Faerun. Yeah, it was completely yeah. in Faerun. Okay. Yeah, yeah, there's no... There's no, like, it's a game it's, overlay. No, it's, well, it was it was taking the approach that, like, this is a real place and these are real stories that sure. are happening here. Gotcha. And, I mean, maybe there was a little bit of a nod to, to kind of the gamey aspect of it. Well, I had but, read somewhere, and I told you this in the theater, I think, that like somebody had counted the seconds of battle, and it it, it, it was like six seconds per turn. Huh. And I'd, I'm not swift enough to, to make those counts yeah. when it's happening on screen, but I thought it was interesting. And it, yeah. if somebody took the time to count it, it's Interesting true. if true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
even even if the six second rule isn't strictly applied, it is kind of turn based combat where mm. which I don't I didn't pick up on that right mm. away because that's kind of common in kind of an ensemble. We'll call it a superhero movie. Everybody comes in and they do their flashy move, and then the next guy comes in yeah, and does his flashy mm, move, and you get you get focus on each character, right? As the fight progresses, and it was mostly that last battle, I think, where you could probably pick out Six, his turn, yeah. his turn, yeah, yeah. That, um, there were some other, I mean, there's there's tons of callbacks to things in the Dungeons and Dragons universe, though. Um, I think my favorite is when they're in the High Sun Games, they're in a maze. They come across the party from the 80s D&D uh, cartoon. <laughs> Is that really true? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think they were the ones that were in the cage yeah. when they come by. And then they say, no, that's not the that's not the way out. Yeah. <laughs> what would you guys say was the split between combat and role play for this movie? Pretty even. Yeah. 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 I would say they, they had they, they didn't get the six encounters per per. <laughs> game day so mm. <laughs> fail on that gm <laughs> that's a that's a hard and fast rule i've never heard that before it's not a hard and fast rule it's a recommended amount of encounters per adventuring day interesting huh. interesting I, yeah somewhere in the in the dm's guide i think and it's not six combat encounters sure, it's six a lot of things people, a lot of people can take it that way but no it's yeah it's like yeah six things that happen six you see a traveler. You see it's a, a trap rough, in the road. Rough yeah. guide to pacing. Yeah, gotcha. Was it uh, cool for you to actually see an owl bear in a movie for once? <laughs> that was <laughs> rad. There's been a lot of backlash on that, though. Really? Yeah, druids can't transform into owl bears because they're not creatures or they're not beasts. They're aberrations or. There's some other classification of monster. They're not well, natural. Yeah. Well, I remember they they took a lot of liberties with the druid because I remember you leaning over to me at one point being like, <laughs> she can only transform once per day. Yeah. And she was and they, transforming they were into not animals. following those rules because <laughs> yeah. she she transformed directly from like a uh, a horse into the owl bear and then into a bird, I think. Yeah. No. And then yeah, she was a fly, then a rat, then a cat, then a and mouse, a deer. then a deer. Yeah. You don't know how many short rests they're taking between scenes? Okay, that <laughs> there was a chase scene where she was transforming into different creatures. Yeah, it was it was cool. It, it was yeah, awesome. it was fun. And I mean, honestly, that's that's a rule that only exists for the gamification of it. Mm. So, it was it was it was fun to see, okay, how would a druid really work in this world? And they probably would be able to as long as they had the energy to do it. Mm. Uh, one thing I had a question for you about. The sorcerer. I forget his name already. He's he, Every time he casts a spell, he has this thing on his belt that he kind of twists and turns. What is that supposed to be? He mentioned that it is he's doing wild magic. Mm. So I don't – I'm not familiar with this. With, I've never played a sorcerer. So it's I don't know exactly how that's supposed to work. Probably his focus. I would oh, it could be. Yeah. yeah. I would assume. Um, as, and, as, as someone who plays exclusively spellcasters. And, well, <laughs> so that could be. But I think the spinning aspect is supposed to be a nod to when you cast a spell as a wild magic sorcerer, you roll a die. Mm. And that that does something. Yeah, you yeah. don't know what's going to yeah. come out. So, yeah, that's that's him rolling for his wild magic search. Okay. Which we didn't see any of that. I thought that would have been cool. No, to we see. did. Did we? Yeah. When oh, when, when the gravity reverses. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, there was another time. There's there were a couple of times where he did something that was unexpected, mm. and that was the wild magic search because it's not always something crazy and ridiculous. Yeah. There's a and this I'm, this is turning into a conversation with me and Rob at this point. That's but, what, I'm, uh, I'm here for it. <laughs> there's the act of attuning to mm -hmm. to a magical object. You know, in the books, to me, it's always kind of like, oh, yeah, I just spend like six hours sitting down and tuning to the object. In the movie, they made it a bit more of a dramatic stakes type of deal. And I mm -hmm. like that. Like, he puts on the, the helmet and he has to, like, find the confidence. Yeah. So there's never been a definitive answer to what it means to attune to a magic item. So I've always thought that, you know, most magic items have some sort of personality to them. So I've always kind of thought like the attuning process for each one is different. Mm. And this helmet wants to make sure that he's worthy of holding it and wearing it. So, of course, it's going to test him in that way. Mm. 
now I'll never be able to get the get the image of out of my mind that if you're not attuned to a magic item and you put it on, you go flying yeah. across the room. <laughs> well, I think uh, that act and plus like uh, the act of like having to overcome something mm-hmm. in your mind to attune to it. You could role play the attunement now. Yeah. I never thought of that before. I, I think yeah. that's really cool. That is, that is really awesome. Or uh, like it could be frustrating for your players, but like they may have to make a check every time they want to use it. Mm-hmm. Like make a make a will saving throw or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. In the I movie, mean, it comes as like he puts the helmet on and time literally stops. Mm-hmm. And he's speaking to an ancestor mm-hmm. who's like asking him questions and kind of testing him. And he doesn't have the confidence to overcome this. And then it just it blows him out of the out of the helmet. Gotcha. Uh, so it is it is more of a storytelling uh, device for the movie, but it could be one for for a story as well. And I yeah, think that's interesting. Sure. Yeah, because yeah, in in the game, it never tells you what attuning is. Just you have to spend six hours or twelve hours, and I I can't remember. Does it depend on the type of magic item? I don't know the type. I think it's just per item is different. Sure, yeah. like, I've seen some that are full days. Okay. Um, so. So yeah, why not make up your own fucking rules where yeah. you role play some shit and <laughs> sometimes the players can fail. I think that's where you might have some struggles is your players might get frustrated if they can fail using like their Uber weapon. Mm-hmm. Well, I think like a lot of things in Dungeons and Dragons, that comes down to the D- to the DM making failure interesting. Sure. Mm-hmm. Which I think you could do something where Oh yeah, you you fail to put on your ring of fireball, but you cast a fireball. <laughs> <laughs> but that was a that was one of the more interesting aspects that I mm-hmm. think they took from the game and actually elevated. Right, yeah, because they they could have easily just said, "Okay, attune to this," yeah, and then me. flip to the next scene where yeah. he's been staring at it for six hours, which I literally thought was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, me <laughs> you know, too. I was like. Uh. <laughs> So this movie does a lot of cool narrative things, I mm-hmm. think. That's the big one I can think of. That's nice. So take a step back from all the D&D specific things. No. <laughs> <laughs> was it a good movie on its own? Like, was, did it have a good, enjoyable story, meaningful plot? Yeah, I think if you're if you're the type of person who likes a fantasy adventure, which we really haven't had any in years. Yeah, yeah. Not as a movie. Yeah. They've for some reason fantasy since Game of Thrones has just been all mm, yeah. like straight to TV stuff. Right. But just as a fantasy movie, I think it is a good return to form. Okay. I think uh for me, Chris Pine's character, Edgen. Ed. Yeah, Ed. And his partner in crime, the barbarian Holga. Ed's character has a has a wife at the beginning and a child, and they end up getting killed by the Red Wizards of Thay. Classic tragic backstory. Classic tragic <laughs> backstory. And then he meets Holga, and they just become friends, and they become this cute little family unit. And then they get pinched in a heist, and they get thrown in a dungeon for two years, which it, the opening scene is pretty funny. When they're waiting for the judge to come, and it's an Eric Cobra, and they're like, we need to wait for him before we start doing anything. And he finally shows up, and they use him to just throw themselves out the window and fly away. <laughs> um but regardless, they escape, and he finally gets his daughter back. But his daughter is not the biggest fan of him, or Holga, for, for having left her. Sure. Anyways, the whole movie is about them trying to earn her trust back and stuff like that, and they finally do. But Holga ends up getting shot by Red Wizard's arrow, or stabbed by Red stabbed Wizard's sword. Stabbed by, yeah. Which apparently is a big deal. Like, I don't I don't know the lore behind the Red Wizard's sword, but apparently you can't just heal it randomly. Hmm. Yeah. Um, there are... I don't know specifically about Red Wizards, but there are definitely so-called permanent deaths in mm. Dungeons and Dragons that you need. You can't just use a resurrection spell. Mm-hmm. And that was another interesting thing. Like they mentioned that like you can't use a resurrection spell and they say it just like that. Mm. And they talk about Mordenkainen's arcane seal. Yeah. Like they, they name drop a couple of spells. Cool. I mean, yeah, these these big items and spells and things in the lore of the games, they would, it would make sense that your NPCs in the universe would know about these giant earth shattering things too. Right. Yeah. 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 Like they could they, be commonly dropped. Like they that. even make a joke about that where the sorcerer, he's, he's kind of a wimpy, like failed sorcerer. <laughs> and after they break out of the dungeon, they're trying to find him and they find him 
doing magic tricks and he's just casting prestidigitation over yeah. and over again <laughs> and the crowd is not impressed at all which i think if mike sees this before uh shout out to mike they reference a character from the new critical role campaign fresh cut grass oh yeah he, he just waves his hand and he's like magic did you smell that it's fresh cut grass <laughs> which, i didn't catch that it's i had to read that that was a deliberate shout out oh, to sure. uh to yeah, i just that. thought that's that's Presto Digit. I, I'm yeah. pretty sure that's written in the <laughs> spell text yeah. for Presto that you could make the smell of fresh cut mm. grass. But at the as they get to the final battle, and again, me going back for a moment, the whole thing is them trying to find a resurrection spell thing. Yeah, resurrection tablet. Tablet. Because he wants to bring his dead wife back. Okay. And as you get closer to the movie, you re- he even calls himself out like, I wasn't trying to bring your mother back. I was trying to bring my wife back. And I thought that was a unique thing to call out. Like, Mm -hmm. he's not trying to help his daughter. He's trying to help himself under the guise of helping his daughter. And he suffered for that selfishness. Hmm. But Hogan ends up getting stabbed. And the daughter is, like, crying over the the dead barbarian. Because that was basically her mother throughout her life. And he takes out the resurrection tablet. And she looks at him. And she's just like, use it. And... He's like, we can only use it once and we can, it'll never happen again. And she's like, I know. So they bring back the best friend and not the wife. And I thought that was a cool little, not every story has to end in some romantic climax. Mm -hmm. This is a friendship climax. This is the family coming back together, but the family doesn't necessarily need to be romantic. And I thought that was really cool. And I like that aspect. The rare friendship climax that tends to get teased over a lot longer (laughs) period of time, but it's also worth it. You just ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> that I I like that it's it's a it's a twist on the classic narrative and the classic tropes and yeah it leaves something unexpected at the end which is mm-hmm. nice mm-hmm. you know you don't want it to be too formulaic right well that's the thing I kind of expected one of them to die and they have he had to make the choice yeah I just didn't know who it was going to be I thought it was going to be the daughter actually mm. but I th- again that's the expected route for that the daughter would die and he has to use it to bring back the daughter I thought it would have been. So the fact that they used Holga was a surprise to me, and our, I did cry. Our real family is the one we made along the way. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of how the movie feels a little bit, yeah. but that's fine. Uh, yeah, they literally do say, uh, what is it? They they tell the, the uh, druid, don't you need to go back to your people? And she says, I am with my people. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, you've known them for a day. <laughs> right. you know, that's Her character doesn't get fleshed out very much, and that's probably the to a detriment to her. Yeah. She does a lot of cool things, but... She even kind of, her performance is even kind of dry. And I wonder if that's just the character, but I didn't care for her performance in this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because, like, she mm. she didn't show very much emotion. Right. But yeah, that I I thought that was just the character, though. Mm. She just, she was pretty standoffish yeah. throughout the whole thing. Which, understandably, I'm like, the humans have killed her for us and mm-hmm. we're just killing her people. But yeah. No big deal. No big right. deal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's par for the course for a tiefling. <laughs> was she a tiefling? Yeah. Well, those were the horns on her head. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And the, the horny tail. ones are always tieflings, too. <laughs> <laughs> even uh, Simon, that was his name, the sorcerer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Simon, even he mentioned he was half human. And I was kind of curious on what he was. Or is that just all sorcerers? That they're no, no. That is, that is a bit of a trope of a right. background for sorcerers, but it doesn't have to be. Mm. Yeah, like, a half-elf sorcerer, is, it's a good build. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and or a lot of the like the narrative that you can give your character as a sorcerer is you're imbued with magic because of your lineage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're half something else or quarter something else. Mm-hmm. But I think they go back and say he's imbued with magic because of relationship yeah. to Elminster. Yeah. Who I'm pretty sure was a human. <laughs> so the half elf didn't really mean anything. He just yeah. he just picked that for the stats. <laughs> <laughs> it was a throwaway thing. <laughs> I did something that I've never done before, specifically for this cast, because I didn't have time to watch the movie, but I had some time. Yeah, I'm sorry. (laughs) But I had some time while I was working today. I listened to the soundtrack without having seen the movie first, which I've never done before. I've never done that for Mm -hmm. any other movie. 
So I wanted to ask you guys before I give my thoughts on the soundtrack. What did you guys think of the soundtrack? I only watched it once and I didn't focus on it. Sure. It meshed well. No. I'm I'm with Rob. There was nothing to me that really stood out musically. Okay. Mm-hmm. And maybe it would it would change if I watch it again. I'm I will watch it again maybe. Yeah. Un- unfortunately, when it comes to film scoring, it's best when you don't notice it. Sure. And I I mean not to shoehorn the conversations specifically to something that I could contribute to, but uh, I felt the exact same way when I was listening to it and solely focusing on it. I was like, this is music that I would put on in the back of a campaign I'm running. Mm. Like it's a lot of sweeping orchestral, very epic feeling. So I, I didn't necessarily pick up on any songs where I was like, Oh, this is like the keynote quintessential honor among thieves song. (laughs) Like there didn't seem to be that. Yeah. Yeah. However, I don't know if it was just the playlist I was listening to on Spotify, but there were a couple songs in the playlist that I have written down in my notes as I was listening to it. This is an 80s drug money collection montage. <laughs> like that was the the sounds that I was hearing, the music I was hearing I was like that is what I'm picturing in my head I mean, right yeah, now. Yeah, there were a couple of kind of montagey <laughs> moments. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But like were they heavy on like synth? They were Not collecting drugs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but they they were collecting drugs? No, no, oh, okay. no, no. It's like, it'd be funny if the music actually conveyed that really accurately. <laughs> but no, I, I, like I said, there were a couple songs in the playlist. They said they were part of the movie, and I was like, I do not see how this fits. I think it would be funny if you were listening to, like, the old Dungeons & Dragons the, movie soundtrack. Maybe. <laughs> From what I could tell, it fit very much the fantasy theme, and mm-hmm. I, I plan on pulling some of the music mm-hmm. next time I do certain certain uh environments in the campaign yeah well like i think when it comes to i I agree with rob a little bit here about like you know film soundtrack should kind of be in the background but i I do look at like big epic sci-fi films like like dune wow uh, (laughs) or even uh what is it has that woman screaming in dune Ah, you know Ah, it, it sounds like some sort of middle eastern type like the Mongolian death yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah. Like, no, 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 no. It's a woman. You know what? Fuck it. Whatever. <laughs> Are you talking about the fifth element? Where she sings a space opera and goes, <laughs> Am I getting my space odysseys mixed up? Is, is it a large blue woman that you're envisioning? Uh, Maybe. Okay, that's fifth element. That's not doing it at all. <laughs> okay. Regardless... You know, there's there's tracks that stand out for these large, big budget movies. I'm not mm-hmm. saying D and D was a big budget movie, but I think it was. Yeah, but 151 million. Oh, that's a big budget. Okay, <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's there's like things I can pick out of of like the Dune soundtrack, and like I know it doesn't get as a lot of play, but like even the Avengers soundtrack, I could pick that out. You know, I mean, so is there something to be said about a signature track for the movie that we can't even remember? You know. Mm. I don't know. I do think like something might be a little missed if you don't have that one. Like when you hear that anthem or you hear that track, you're like, oh, shit, that's X. If you hear the opening, what, four bars of Harry Potter, you know exactly what you're listening to. It's not that all of a soundtrack has to do that, but typically I feel like, yeah, you haven't quite hit the mark if you don't have at least one. So I'm thinking back to like 90s Disney movies, they would have, they'd have these orchestral moments, but they didn't like signify a specific movie. And then they would go on to like live life in the trailers for other movies. And it would kind of become like the Disney theme. Interesting. There's, there's a couple, there's one that is from the Hunchback of Notre Dame. There's another one that I think was from Beauty and the Beast. I don't remember for sure what movie it's from. But they're, they're these songs that I remember seeing on the trailers for Disney movies. And you didn't think about it because it's just, oh, yeah, there's the Disney song. Sure. And then you watch the movie and you're like, hey, that's actually in this movie and it's not in any other movie. Mm. So I almost wonder if that's something they're doing where they can like reuse these songs again. Hmm. Because yeah. you can never you can never reuse the Avengers theme. You can never reuse the Harry Potter theme except that you keep making new movies. <laughs> But like it's only those properties that could ever like be part of it. Yeah. How are you going to use another piece of music again, except for more installments of the same thing? 
for trailers for other movies, Craig. <laughs> I just told you. I, okay. You look perplexed. I am perplexed. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't know that I get it, which is no, fine. I just, I don't know. I, I don't know that every movie needs to have a theme song. No, no. And, and, and it's not, I'm not even saying like a specifically theme song, just, but like something that you'd hear it and be like, that's X. Like I said, it's mm-hmm. not even the whole song. Like I, I again, I really right. think of Harry Potter, just the beginning for, f- like notes for, uh, our next Craig's quiz. We're going to quiz you on Robert Zimmerman tracks and see if you can pick out what movie they're from. Uh, first off, it's Hans. Zimmerman. I was just going to say Zimmerman. Robert Zimmerman. Yeah, I, was, I don't know who you're talking. I don't about. know who I'm talking about. Uh, but no, I won't be able to pull those apart. You're right. Yeah. Those are, those are uh, inscrutable and indistinguishable. <laughs> also, that wouldn't be a Craig's quiz. It's a quiz for Craig. No, it's, it's a Rob test. It's Craig's I, quiz. The quiz we're giving Craig. <laughs> Just to combat your opinion for a moment here, just a little bit. Yeah, fine. I don't. <laughs> I'll go first. I rolled higher. <laughs> I think not every movie. You are correct. Not every movie needs that signature soundtrack or that signature track for the movie. However, for something that's kind of iconic, you know, I could again just to name more. I can the Man of Steel soundtrack has has a really awesome soundtrack, you know, and they have that one track for Superman. I think D&D probably should have had that as well because it is an iconic big budget thing that a lot of people know. So I'm not expecting some random rom-com to have a have a signature track that everybody should remember. But something like this I'd expected more like from. Like when the movie starts, before even like the, the, the pre-title screen, you see the D and ampersand D. Yeah. And you hear this. Come, come to think of it, yeah, that would have... I'll give it to you. That would have been great for the next movie in the line. They could start off just by playing that song. And you know what's coming when you're in the theater. Like I said, not necessary, not required. Feels like a little bit of a missed opportunity. Yeah. 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 Maybe it was a conscious choice to stop people from like using that at every D&D table for the rest (laughs) of eternity. Because God knows you would have done it. I would not have. You would not have? No. You got to be different. I actually probably would have, but not intentionally. I would have just put on Melodice and it yeah. would come up. Yeah. <laughs> you would have made the ironic choice. No, no, no. Just it would have come up like in a playlist that I had. Well, I, I do. You guys think that this is gonna like? So I, I don't actually know this, but supposedly Stranger Things like launched a new wave into our tabletop RPGs, and like people are like, "Oh, Dungeons and Dragons, that's cool. I want to learn how to play that." Mm-hmm. But I mean, that was very different in that we saw people on the screen playing the game, and their narrative kind of meshed in with their reality narrative of that yeah. show. Versus something like this is just just the fantasy story. Do you guys think it'll have kind of that same effect on the zeitgeist that people will be like, oh, I want to learn more about this. I want to be part of this. I don't mm. feel like it will. I think it would. And I think Hasbro definitely wants it to. But I think anybody who is going to be swayed into Dungeons and Dragons that wasn't already into it got there through Stranger Things already. Yeah. I just I don't think the audience of people who would be interested, but haven't heard of it or haven't played I don't think that exists right now at this time. Well, I think I agree. Uh, and I think Stranger Things hit the mark with it better because they're showing people playing it and how it would be played. Mm-hmm. Whereas this is just a story set I, in the world. I will give them the there were a lot of kids in the late 80s, early 90s who were swayed into playing Dungeons and Dragons through the Dungeons and Dragons branded books. Mm hmm. Because they read this fantastic world and said, hey, I want to be part of that. Well, also the devil was like enticing them, right? Yeah, right, yeah. yeah. (laughs) He's very, very persuasive. (laughs) Yeah, Dragonlance was the shit. Mm -hmm. I still want to play that. Yeah? Yeah. I've never played. I've just read a ton of the books. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the thing. uh, Like, I think the Dungeons and Dragons movies, like Rob said, is only going to entice people who love Dungeons and Dragons. Mm -hmm. And 
it's probably going to get enough to get a sequel, but like, I don't think you're not watching people play, so it's not going to entice others to play. So that's my, that's not what I said at all. Okay. Well, I, I'm saying it then I'm saying it. Yeah. Cause I wonder if, uh, if it might almost have the opposite effect, kind of like, I don't want to throw too much shade on critical role, but cause I think they do an amazing narrative stuff and it's, it's such a cool concept and a project, but it has apparently created a little bit of anxiety around playing the game and that they see voice actors, mm-hmm. professionals at this playing a game and they think, well, I have to be able to do that or I really probably shouldn't play. Mm-hmm. Same thing potentially with this movie. Like, well, I have to create a narrative this fleshed out and this, yeah. this elaborate or I just shouldn't play. Yeah. Uh, hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully not. Hopefully the community will take on what happened in the movie where the players are actually pushing the story forward. Yeah. Mm. Cause it's very much Chris Pine. I want to go get this tablet. Then it's, we want to get out of the dungeon. Mm. Then I want to find my daughter. And like the only time the DM has to nudge them along is when they're looking for the helm of destruction. Yeah. Yeah. Was there a dungeon master analog? Yeah, there was a DMPC in there for sure. Yeah. Not not a dungeon master analog, but it there was a guy who comes in who <laughs> they're on a quest to find a magic item. And oh, we don't know. We're at a dead end. We don't know what to do. <laughs> so they go talk to this character and he's like, I'll take you to where it is. But after that, you're on your own. Oh, the world's going to end. I'm sure you could take care of it. <laughs> I, I agree with all that. But I will say they had to get there through a lot of monotonous tasks. They had to talk to the dead multiple right, yeah. times. And it was kind of a it was a funny sequence. But that's how they got the guy's name. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't just a random, like everybody, everybody knew who he was, but they just didn't know he knew where the helmet was. Right. So I think that's, you could kind of say that they earned the right to get to him. No, for sure. For <laughs> sure. But that it was, it, I mean, it just, it strikes me as. This uh, is the NPC with the answers because you guys obviously don't know where to go. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, well yeah. And, and that he like joins the party for a little while and then just pieces out. Right before the final battle. Gotcha. <laughs> like that is, that is absolutely a DM move. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and there is, there is a point where he does kind of save the party from a total party kill. Oh. So mm. like it's, it's very, yeah. very much a DM PC <laughs> nice. in my opinion. Was that uh, when he's fighting those dead soldiers from mm-hmm. Faye in the dungeon? Yeah. Again, I don't think Chris Pine's character had a sword at all. No. He was just there <laughs> with his loot. Just a lot of improvised weapons. A lot of mm-hmm. improvised weapons. Not I even think, a lot. Just <laughs> mostly he was just there. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, he does kind of put a lampshade on it. He's like, oh, I'm the planner. Yeah. And she's like, well, you already made the plan. So why do I need you? He's like, <laughs> if that plan fails, I create another plan. <laughs> and she's like, well, you create plans that fail. He's like, shit. <laughs> One of the things that really made me giggle is when the PC, uh, DM's PC character, was standing at the edge of the bridge explaining to them how to get across the bridge in the puzzle-like <laughs> manner. Yeah. And I was like, I think that's like a call out to all DMs there trying to explain to their characters or, or their PCs, here's how to fucking do this. Right, yeah. Those and damn it is, torches. It, <laughs> I don't want to hear it about the torches. <laughs> I made that so goddamn clear. <laughs> yeah, that was a, there was a lot of exposition there about <laughs> how to do it. And it was... It was a ridiculously complex trap to get through. So, yeah, that was, that was a good call out to maybe make simpler traps. Yeah. Nice. There's a the thing they use to get across the bridge. Uh, the hither, thither. Hither, thither stick. But that seemed like a very, uh, uh, what is it, deuce ex machina, the hither, thither stick. That they just randomly happened to find at Holga's husband's, ex-husband's place. Uh, I mean... Yes, but it also was super it, it was really in keeping with kind of D and D themes mm. of here's some treasure you got from a previous adventure. You didn't think it was worth that much. Yeah, you're like, yeah. Oh, great. And, Thanks. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> and suddenly in the next adventure, it's the key item. Yeah. <laughs> so that didn't that didn't come off as uh, clunky to you? No, no, not at all. No. Okay. No, I, I thought it was it was a great joke. Mm. Again, it it 
it was just in keeping with the theme. Yeah. yeah. Overall, with the movie, how did you uh, feel about character arcs? Were they well fleshed out? Were they? Did they complete well to you? I, Chris Pine's character definitely was obviously you know he's kind of the main character, so he was the most fleshed out, and mm-hmm. I think they did a, a fair job there. The other characters were kind of just where they were. Yeah. I mean, they grew yeah. a little bit, but they didn't really have the personal flaws to get over. Yeah. 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 Chris Pine was definitely more selfish at the beginning than at the mm-hmm. end. Yeah. I, I I heavily agree with that because, like, the Druid character, she definitely stayed. Her, her, her plot is complete, but she just didn't change throughout the entire thing. Mm-hmm. She was just the same, except her people are safe now. Right. You know, Simon gained more confidence over the course of this adventure. And that was the deliberate flaw pointed out. Mm-hmm. That's why she didn't like him. I don't, he don't have no confidence. Right. Holga didn't really have anything for me besides her love for the daughter. So, I mean, I, there was a little bit of the tortured, I left my tribe for this. Oh, man, yeah. And now we're not yeah. together. But she just kind of got over it. Yeah, yeah, she <laughs> did. And her, his bardic inspiration helped her overcome it a little bit. Yeah. Because they got, she got on the horse and he started singing to her. Right. Yeah. Yep. That's the problem with ensembles, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, some characters are left behind. Yeah. You know? But that's Definitely. also accurate of any actual like tabletop campaign. You're going to have scenes or arcs that focus more on one character than the others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, yeah. I right. mean. And, you know, if you, if you play a tiefling character that, like, their defining trait is that they don't trust humans, mm-hmm. No matter what happens, you're not going to stop role playing that. Yeah, <laughs> you know you're you're going to always kind of have that attitude. Mm. So eh, that kind of works there. Yeah. <laughs> the the begrudging respect for that one human that saved you that one right, time. Yeah. yeah. They, the party, you guys are cool. Yeah. Everyone else, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, as as the person who is most senior in D and D here, probably I don't know about Craig. I, I always figured you. We're like into it before us. What was like the coolest thing to see on the screen for you that you were like, oh, wow, that's that's something I've always kind of wanted to see on a, on the big screen. Mm. If oh, anything, man, good question. Um, I don't know. There wasn't anything that I was like itching to see. I really. Yeah, I really don't have a good answer <laughs> for that. Um, I, I think a lot of things that I would have wanted to see in the movie have been explored by other fantasy movies before mm. so it's i mean i mean it, it was it was interesting to see like the explicit call out of magic items uh, you you hear that a lot in other fantasy stories where there isn't ma- an item that is magical but it's never like a this is the macguffin for yeah. <laughs> um which they they kind of dance around that, that like you we're writing a sto- or we're in a story about this thing. You really need to watch the 2000 Jeremy Irons Dungeons and Dragons movie. I watched he it, but I don't remember it. Almost makes love to that scepter. <laughs> like the, the 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 magic MacGuffin of that movie. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Irons is all about. Yeah, it. See, but that's that kind of goes back to what I was getting at. Like I, there, there wasn't really anything terribly new in this movie. And I, I, that sounds negative. I don't think every movie needs to break ground. So I I don't know. There was just nothing I was really looking forward to. I was just looking forward to a good ride, a good a good adventure fantasy mm. movie. And did it succeed? Yeah. Yeah. 100% it did. Yeah. But how about you, Caleb? Was there a thing that you really wanted to see and you it you got it? I was wanting to see The Underdark because that was my first DM'd campaign that I DM'd. Mm. And I got it a little bit. Yeah. I got a taste. But like the Underdark as a as a location is always kind of fascinating. Yeah, I mean, do you have dark vision? Well, that, you what did you, you say during you you lean over and said to me when they entered the Underdark? Yeah, yeah. they go into the Underdark and the DM character is talking to all of them about how hey, it's really dark in here. <laughs> if you don't have any light, or he asks who has light, and then if you don't have any light, I'll guide you through. And not one character said, "I have dark vision." <laughs> Which I didn't laugh at until like a few scenes later when I was like, oh, I get it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I've done that. (laughs) (laughs) But I would like to see more Underdark uh, stuff. But also there was a little thing. It's kind of like, you know, a tuning doesn't happen in many fantasy movies. And I thought that was interesting to see. And I didn't know that that's 
kind of what I wanted to see until I saw it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, s- yeah, it was cool to see like the animated intellect of hours. Yeah, yeah. Um, never seen those guys move before. <laughs> And the joke that accompanies it when they just walk by everybody and he's just like, oh, that's disappointing. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of jokes, there were a few times in in the movie where characters try something, it fails and it fails in a humorous way, which is very like D&D. That is exactly what happens. You roll a one. DM says, oh, (laughs) (laughs) I know how this can go perfectly wrong for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there's our kind of review on D&D, but uh, I had a fun time talking. You uh, got to be more specific than that, Caleb. We didn't talk about the D&D movie. We talked about D&D Honor Among Thieves. Okay. We talked about that. <laughs> yeah, which one of yeah. the apparently four? Yeah. I was ready to gush over Jeremy Irons just <laughs> drenched in eyeliner. I like to imagine. Oh, my like God. You, oh, my God. I like to imagine you that you watched that one first and you're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all in all, it was good. Rob, do you have any closing thoughts on D&D? Honor Among Thieves 2023? <laughs> Gosh, I hate when movies or popular franchises take a phrase and make that the title <laughs> because you'll never you'll never be able to search for anything Honor Among Thieves again without sure. getting that. Yeah. Electric Boogaloo. Yeah. Ruined. That's our discussion on Honor Among Thieves. Uh, I've been Rob. With me are my hosts, the idiot Caleb. Surprise has been a mimic the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) And this has been Strikes Our Fancy. If you want to reach out to us, you can do so at TikTok at Strikes Our Fancy, Strikes Our Fancy at gmail.com, website, ourfancy.site, or... If you go down to the description of this episode, you can click on the link. It'll take you to Anchor, and you can leave us a one-minute voice message and share your thoughts, and uh, you might get a shout-out on the episode, just like Mike is about to be. Multi-time guest and avid listener Mike sent us a message in regards to our Hills to Die On episode, and so we thought we'd share his words with you now. Hey, this is Mike. So, as for the dentist, yeah, I would say it's a big scam. I, I agree with Craig. Uh, you go in after so many years of not going to the dentist at all, and they're like, hey, you have potential issues coming up. Uh, we need to spend $2,000 to alleviate these potential issues that might come up in the future. That seems bad. Uh, that's a scam. As for Caleb's point about Marvel movies, so you look at like Vera Steinberg in Black Panther, and you know why would you say that she can't get an Oscar for Black Panther. I mean, she acts phenomenally. And you look at the other Oscar-worthy movies, and like 10% of the population thinks, oh yeah, that's a really great movie. And the other you know, 90% says, eh, I don't really get it. That doesn't make a lot of sense. It, ju- it just seems very elitist, and it should go to Black Panther. Fuck you, Mike. <laughs> thank, you for the, thank you for the comments uh, and for not talking to somebody there, Mike. Um, I'll, I'll take that as my hill truly was the most rational and he had no thoughts on it. Uh, I interpret that as a resounding endorsement for anything I say for all time. Can I Mike. just say that I don't agree with your guys' thoughts on the dentist? <laughs> No, we have opposite thoughts. How can <laughs> yeah. you? Not yeah. agree? No, no. I mean, I mean, his oh, oh. and Mike's, his oh. and Mike's. Uh, they're there to help. That's all I'm gonna say. We don't have to get into it. Uh, I don't. Need, I don't agree with you either, Rob. Wash your fucking dishes before you put them in the dishwasher. No. <laughs> what does that have to do with the dentist? <laughs> but thank you so much, Mike, for uh, sending in that message. And uh, listener, we hope you do as well. We'd love to engage with you more. That's all we've got for this week. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you in a couple weeks.